0: John DePietro on AM 1380 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our award winning website. Thanks to you, voted best local news site by the readers of Rhode Island Monthly. And that is dpetro.com. No eyes. D E P E T R O.com. You type that in. You have all original stories. We break stories left and right uh we broke a lot of stories last week this the past month has just really just been record-breaking original video and more folks it's all waiting for you right there at the website dipetro.com well a couple things i want to start off on this monday first of all it is a holiday rhode island of course the last state and i think it's a good thing but we still celebrate victory over japan day we were the ones that attacked we were the ones that are attacked in rhode island hey a uh a three-day weekend for some people not everybody it's kind of an odd holiday but in uh in august is certainly not a bad thing if you're going to take advantage of a three-day weekend august is a pretty good time to do it but violence in the city continues now there's some some people that are starting to speak out and this is what i think is positive is um there was a good quote by the head of the providence city council john igliosi about the violence providence and he had a good quote about mayor jorge Elocha, who remains on vacation but saying criminals should not feel welcome in the city and that's such you know it sounds easy and simple but basically, the past few years, because of progressive policies, because of the people in the city council, like some of those city council people, Kat Kerwin, this, uh, I, don't, I don't really know these people at all, Rachel Miller, there's a couple more of them that are very, very progressive. And they, you know, every time you lower the bar or you don't enforce things, you know, kind of it starts with the lawlessness of a sanctuary city. Mayor Alorza has invited crime into the city. And when you invite crime, you invite criminals so i think that's a good line it should be criminals are not welcome here folks when you think about it you know think of the that they have signs hate has no home here what about crime what about criminals when you allow criminals in when you you lower the bar and say you know we're going to be a sanctuary city, and we're going to loosen the rules a little bit, and we're, we're not going to be so strict on crime, and we're going to allow ATVs to ride all over the place. We're going to allow panhandlers. We're going to allow homeless people to terrorize the public. We're going to allow loitering. We're going to allow urinating in public. We're going to allow graffiti. And, you know, when you have all those types of things after a while, it, it just builds. And then there's a progression. And the progression goes more and more towards lawlessness. So now, on top of that, I was in um, the city Providence Sunday night, the Dominican Festival. I just caught the end of it. I didn't really go to it. I just went to cover. Folks, you've got to see the video on the website, topetro.com. The amount of trash. From what I understand, they don't pay the police detail, and they certainly—who does that? Where are the containers? You've got to see the video. you know It's no longer to say it looks third-world. I mean, it's starting to become. It is third world, in a lot of those countries, Mexico, Guatemala, South America. They do just throw things down, you know, anti-littering. It's a little more of like an American type thing, and then certain parts of Europe. But, but they just like they just leave all this trash and garbage right in the street. No one thinks, hey, maybe we should go put that in a trash can. You you got to see the video. Even I was astounded at it. You know that's one thing I'll say. Um, my when I cover and go on the ground in the city of Providence, I'm still always stunned at what I what I see. It is still a place where there's things that catch me off guard and surprise me, and I don't mean in a positive way, but stuff that like you, you just take for granted. Like who does that? And and I don't know if maybe there weren't enough trash cans. But no one thinks, like, you're standing there, and let's just, like, leave it on the ground or throw it on the ground. Now, in some of these countries, when you see third-world conditions, one of the things you notice is there's, like, just trash everywhere. It's, it's, you know, it makes it into a slum. And that's what they did. And I know they, they think the mentality is, well, you know, there's people they pay to clean that up. I know people that have traveled overseas, parts of Asia, and then they say, no, there's, there's people that do that. There's people that are paid to come clean this up. So they don't think to clean anything. If they're out at a picnic table, think of if you're eating somewhere outside. You know, let's just say you go to a McDonald's or a Burger King or whatever, and then you're sitting outside. You know, the, in their mentality is you just leave all the wrappers and everything on the table. See, that's an American thing where we we clear it, right? They have the trash can there and everything. But that is more of a South American third world mentality where they feel, no, there's, there's people that, that clean that up. And so they just leave it there. I remember, you know, years ago when the illegals started, really starting to become a problem in Providence. And they had explained to people, you don't leave a dirty diaper on your front lawn. So as disgraceful and disgusting as that is, this, oh, you don't? No, no, you don't. So you got to dispose it. you got to put it in a bag. And you put it in a trash can. I mean, this is what you're talking about and dealing with. By the way, mayoral law, as far as we know, still remains on vacation. I also want to mention, you know, Providence can't stop targeted violence. It is true there were two people shot and killed that came down, gang members from Boston, uh, over the weekend. But that's not—no one, you should not worry that maybe you have something to worry about. It's not like that. I mean, this was like a gang dispute. Unless you're going to go to a nightclub uh, behind the hospitals in and around a side street in South Providence and stay there at 2.30 in the morning, unless you're hanging out there, you really don't have anything to worry about. For those that do want to do that, well, then you might have something to worry about. There were also three people shot. Someone drove by and shot at them on Manton Avenue. Now, again, you know, it's 2, whatever, 2 o'clock in the morning, Manton Avenue, way down in Oneyville. All right, so... You, you know you're safe as long as that's you and i also want to touch on this carjacking story folks most of the time not all the time most of the time these carjacking stories that's what the person reported to the police it doesn't mean that's what happened and a lot of times it seems very suspicious what happens a lot of times is usually unfortunately but it involves drugs it involves the drug dealer uh saying hey i i think i can yeah i can get it, but you you gotta stay here like he he doesn't He'll feel nervous if he sees you coming with me. So the person's so desperate for the drugs, they say, okay. So they get out of their car somewhere, you know, South Providence, and the drug dealer just takes off in their car. And then they're cruising around, and um, they just ride around and enjoy having the car, and then they just leave it somewhere. And then the person standing there waiting, waiting, half an hour, hour, hour and a half. Suddenly they call police. They don't say, yeah, I, I gave the keys to my car to a drug dealer who's going to get me some some fentanyl or crack what do they say oh i was carjacked i mean that's how a lot of that crime comes down they allegedly and the story over the weekend i mean i don't know what happened but 5 a.m they have me riding all over the city then they hit me in the head with a hammer i mean the whole thing just seems a little bizarre and twisted but um all right folks a lot more ahead it is monday happy uh, vj day victory over japan you're listening to the john DePetro show Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA Professionals find them for you? Call MEGA Professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, Professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time. 508- 336-7801 again 508 336-7801 you focus on your business let mega professionals help you find the workers mega professionals 508 336-7801 have you been thinking about updating your website do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business This summer, let JKL Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. JKL Engineering, call them today, 401 351 7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. JKL, it's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call JKL Engineering today. Estimates are free, financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navien certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's J.K.L. Call them 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with J.K.L. Engineering, 401-351-7600. Folks, you're listening to the John DePetro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online on our award winning website, which is DePetro.com. It's time for politics this week. Joining me, he is the managing editor for anchorising.com. It's our friend Justin Katz. And Justin, let's start off with um, <clears throat> boy, that was uh, what a memorable week, not for a good way, for Providence Mayor Jorge we where um, a perfect storm of events um i mean it it started off with the whole fiasco of him charging at governor mckee at the water fire and then it resulted in the sunday night early sunday morning tragic shooting sunday morning um of the, the girl from warwick and then the tuesday night of as we all watched and that became a national story of the atv riders dragging the woman out of the car and beating her And then he was, in fact, out of town on New Hampshire. So there's a lot parts of this. But I'm initially just interested to hear some of your initial thoughts about I I think it's just it's one of those weeks that that people remember, you don't shake off easily.
1: I think so. And I I think the bigger concern is that it's not just one of those weeks that this is kind of a new normal. Uh, I mean, those are those are two we've gotten used to in Providence, you know, every now and then you have a shooting at the mall or or something. Uh, And that happens now and then in a city. Uh, But this is really starting to feel much, much bigger than that, a level of lawlessness. uh, You know, it's not and if you could go back to the Sales Street incident with families fighting each other and then fighting the police, uh, just there's kind of a, a new disrespect for for law enforcement and mixed up in all this. And now you've also got, and it sounds like gang wars between Boston and Providence, yeah. uh, which which really starts to speak to a much more fundamental uh, problem. And then the fact that the ATV riders and the bikers, dirt bikers on the road are becoming such a regular problem. That's that helps set a tone as well. Uh, so I, I hope it's only uh, <laughs> one week that just was a bad week but i i feel like it's not i mean part of that you can see reflected in the position is in where you know everybody kind of understands elected officials get get vacations and everybody also understands especially these days you can do a lot of your work and stay very very connected from a distance but the his problem right now is he's he's he doesn't he's not connected and doesn't feel aligned with On one hand his police department or on the other hand, the governor of the state. And so if he's not present, sure maybe it's just, you know, he's just doing Zoom calls this week and that's normally okay. But he just it doesn't feel like he's really involved when he's here. So the fact that he's not even here feels like
0: Should he he have come back? Should he I mean he's in New Hampshire, he's not in Europe or in San Francisco. Do you think should he have come back and held a press briefing locally? I mean, again, and then just driven back to New Hampshire.
1: Yeah, you know, that's what I was thinking as well. And at a minimum, I think he should have done that. I think just calling off the vacation and coming back. I mean, we're, we're talking about people, some people, are. it seems like are trying to, to downplay this as just, you know, this typical city stuff. But this, I, I think Rhode Islanders are starting to feel something very different in the, the the condition of Providence and the environment in Providence. And so I think uh, that's something where he, he probably sh- should have definitely come back for a, a one, at least a one day press conference and been seen. Yeah. Uh, but if not, just, I mean, if, if not even more coming back just saying this, I, I can't do a vacation right now, apparently. That's going to happen when you're running a city. You know? Right. And uh, you contrast uh, that with uh, Governor McKee, who, who f- is feeling like a 24-7 governor that's in right. the state, Good even point. much more than Raimondo did. I mean, Raimondo yep. was out of the state all the time, fundraising, not on vacation, which arguably is worse. But um, he feels like a guy who's present. And I think that's reflected uh, this week in, I think, political scene in Providence Journal, 73 percent. Of his his campaign donations are in state versus Ooh. Raimondo. Sometimes it was the opposite. So I think in that in that condition, Alloza really should have come back. But then again, you know, if he were that kind of mayor, he probably wouldn't be in the condition he's in now anyway, right. and wouldn't necessarily have to come back because he, everybody would know he's connected, he's on top of things, and he really is working with everybody. But when you've got the police union out there just as eager as anybody to criticize him and, and the violence in a city, it just doesn't feel like he's involved. So he has to, he has to take the extra step to actually visibly be
0: involved. You know, that folks, again, our segment is politics this week. You know, Justin, if you were running a large company and the plant was on fire, right? I mean, it, that's a visual. Then the, the CEO would say, I, I need to get back. Like the, But what he doesn't even recognize is it's almost like the equivalent to me of that last week, which was like his city was on fire. Um, Not not literally, but he needed to come back. Now, do you think let's dive in. Do you think the media is doing enough locally? These are failed progressive policies. Him. He's not alone there, by the way. City Council, uh, that Kat Kerwin, Rachel Miller, a couple of the others. They're the ones that have been pushing this whole anti-police, get rid of the gang unit to me do you think that is the media doing enough to show that alors's progressive policies have failed that's really what's happening here
1: no certainly not i mean okay you you would you, if if it were demonstrable Uh, And I I think this is an impossibility, (laughs) given my beliefs. But if it were possible to argue that everything going on in Providence right now is the the fault of failed conservative policies, um, you could bet we have front page articles in the paper about, you know, digging into the damage those policies are doing and the news media would be doing, uh, TV news would be doing reports and putting microphones in people's faces and giving sob stories. Uh, we're not seeing that. And that's because they largely support the progressive policies that are behind all of all of these problems. So, I mean, a lot of it's just that breakdown in trust in police. There's no way. I mean, in, in recent months, uh, nationally, Democrats have tried to say, uh, including the Biden administration, wanted to defund the police, which is just laughable. But I mean, that's it. So it's just that clear where this is coming from and what the problem is. But the problem, unfortunately, I think a lot of the news media kind of support those policies and they think either, I don't know, it might be a break a few omelets, break a few eggs to make an omelet kind of thing. Or maybe it's just let's hope this goes away and we can get back to promoting the policies we all support. I, I don't know. But yeah, there's. The, there's no way to this is getting enough enough coverage of the right kind and and we could just it's easy to imagine the counterfactual
0: you know what's interesting is um <clears throat> on top of that justin Katz um for instance to me uh, city council president John Ingliosi actually had had a great quote saying we need to make a city where criminals feel unwelcome to come and what a lot of people don't understand is for instance it was a Lorza who instituted the no chase policy to the ATV writers. And they know that that's a no chase policy and they take advantage of that. You know, there was another policy, which was there was no loitering. Allors allowed that. Now, <clears throat> a lot of these types of seemingly innocuous type of rules lead to lawlessness. If you and I know that we can loiter, as opposed to the police saying, hey, no loitering, move along. You and I stand somewhere uh, <clears throat> and we're waiting for the right person, and we know within an hour, someone's going to come by that we figure we can rob them. But if you, if you allow the loitering, that's the type of crime that happens. If you don't, then we have to move along. There's a lot of that where he basically felt, you know, you should allow panhandling. You should allow people. If I want to lay down on the sidewalk or lay down on a bench or whatever, then I should be allowed to do it. Uh, that's why. And then I think CBS even closed up by the Superman building. They would just allow the people to hang out in front. These are things he implemented uh, in his failed giving meters um, that that they seem minor, but they contribute and they lead to crime.
1: Oh, certainly. I mean, <laughs> probably probably the best illustration of where this goes I've seen is a, a viral video that came out a few weeks ago from a West Coast city I forget which one that had banned. It, they had essentially legal, legalized. A small level shoplifting, and it was a video of a guy who rode his bicycle into a Walgreens or something, was loading up a bag, a trash bag, and then just rode the bicycle right out. And the, yep. the security guard stood there and watched because there's nothing he could do. Uh, that's that's where it goes when you send that message. And don't forget also, uh, and this was a me- the media covered this when it was a, a news story, uh, the making gangs feel safe in the city by by undermining the police officers' ability to to keep records about gangs and track that's them. Right. Uh, that was a cause celebre a few years ago and the media was in on that. Nobody was talking about the the risks to to the public. So that's probably might be one of the reasons they're being quiet is because they they supported these things and whether they, they don't want to admit it to themselves or they, they just hope that this wasn't a, a reaction to that. I don't know. But as you say, all of these things point in one direction. You know, it's, it's almost like that pro- progressive protest cha- uh, chant whose streets are streets i mean that's yeah. what you're saying to the criminals and the people this is this is what you're gonna get and we learned this lesson decades ago in new york city when i lived in new jersey uh if you it's kind of the broken windows thing if you let yep. people feel like your city is a place where you where anything goes in a bad way you'll get more and more of that whereas if people will respond when they I mean even criminals will hesitate to break something really nice versus something that already looks kind of broken. That's that's what you start to get if you if you pursue these progressive policies.
0: Folks, we're gonna take a quick break, a lot more. It's politics this week with Justin Katz, managing engineer at com, right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer appear. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts 508. 336 2110 24 hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today 508 336 2110. 508 336 2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair. 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com Calvino, call for a free consultation today, 401 785 9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com Were you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fight back. Call Jack, free consultation, 401-785-9400. 50 years personal injury law experience and his office, 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should. But it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation. 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino. 401-785-9400. Or online. Fight back. Calljack.com. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at Anchorising.com. Justin, I want to stay on, um, and also the battle. What do you make of the fact of Governor McKee alorza way on vacation working with the head of the city council as far as trying to get the state police more involved in the city something that the media was not picking up on i was not on that alorza conference call that he had but as much as he's trying to say he allows it he's not he's being disingenuous with a lot of his answers meaning mayor alorza he because of activist groups he wasn't allowing the state police to be active with the city. And think how insulting that is. He was saying, oh, they can help out. They can do like back office work or back office type of paperwork or investigation. But he wouldn't allow them to be visible. It was the head of the city council and Governor McKee that was saying, no, we want them to have a visible presence. I was in the city last night and now suddenly you do see state police cars uh, a, a little bit, not overwhelmingly, but a little bit. And also, I'll go back to, again, the city council president, John Agliosi, had a great quote saying last week, "the basically, the of policy is being dictated by social media. And I think he's right on the money with that, with, as you and I know, a lot of the the social activists that put things out on Twitter, and then it's almost as if Mayor Alorza reacts to them.
1: Yeah, well, that's, that's the power these activists have found in social media. Although one thing to be cautious with, they've... they've they've learned that they can give instructions via social media. So it's not necessarily that he's just reacting because that's what's in front of him, that he may recognize that that's actually a signal from his key supporters. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. That That's just one thing I observed during the Obama years was the, the, uh, <clears throat> activists were starting to use social media as a communication tool, almost it's not corruption if it happens right out in the open like that. Um, but he's, Lourdes is in kind of a, he's gotten himself in kind of a bad political situation where he almost has to, if, if he invites help in, it looks like he's, looks like he can't run things. And I mean, speaking of social media, that's one, one thing I'm starting to pick up time to time is people saying, to just give the entire city to the state take it away from the lawyers are completely started with a school system. So I wonder if he's yep. kind of gun shy, but there are two ways to deal with that. You can either be super involved and super competent, in which case everybody recognizes he's doing the best thing, trying to get what's good for a city, which I think is the position. Some, he's letting the city council start to take uh, let's go to the state to help our city. Our, whereas he just feels like, so you can either, you can either be competent or you can fight back. And I think he's taking the fight back perhaps because he's not competent. Um, but when he does things like on his, his call with the media, raising doubts about whether uh, whether McKee has actually been, been as helpful as he's, he's making it sound. Now, I don't know. I mean, these are all behind the scenes, but I'll tell you, I just, if, if it comes to he said, she said, well, he said, he said with Alorza and McKee, I'm going to believe McKee. I'm not going to believe yes. that Alorza is telling the truth. Oh, we're working with them. I mean, it's just he hasn't positioned himself to be credible in those regards. And I think I, I just don't at the end of the day, I think he just has never been up to the job. And I think it's really starting to show now. And unfortunately, with with bad effects for the people of Providence.
0: Folks, again, our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor at anchorizing.com. Justin, I want to stay with that just for a moment because many times I I think you're right. And also his approach, it's always like hat in hand apologizing sometimes for some of the crime that happens. And you and I have talked about it, but instead of going after and addressing the criminals directly or standing up, to some of these outrageous claims, or letting the activists walk all over him, I think the Sale Street incident was a good idea that he allowed them to frame it, uh, that the police were in the wrong, and that you know the police had to be suspended for that. Even though you know those people are just like a, a traveling band of trouble, uh, in in fighting with the neighbors. It even goes back last fall with the ATVs, that he allowed you know the activists to dictate that the police were chasing that guy, uh, Jamal Gonzalez, who who got hurt. Um, he does not take a tough approach to crime and, you know, it even goes back to that time. There was the shooting at the mall and he said, he referred to it as a knucklehead that had a handgun. It's he, to me, people wonder what's the problem. He's the problem. And, it, and also, by the way, the night of the riot, he, he gave the instruction to tell them to stand down and basically allowed the people to go into the mall and destroy the city if people are wondering, to me, it's not a matter that the Providence police are incapable. It's almost like a football team. If the coach calls certain plays for them to run, it doesn't mean that they're not capable of of standing up and, and playing the way they should. It's It really, to me, it begins and ends with who it is that's dictating the type of policing they should be doing. Oh,
1: certainly. And I mean, it's it, it's almost worse than that in that you know, he doesn't take a hard stand with people who are who are causing disruptions, whether they're ATVs or, or what have you, he does take a harder stand with his own employees or with his, his uh, with the, with the police and the teachers earlier. And sometimes he's completely justified in that, but there's, there's a, I don't, some kind of, I don't know, intrinsic weakness, I think. Yes. That just, it, it just comes through and he, so he's, he does seem like he'll, bend for the activists, which is probably because that's that's ultimately where he's from and who he feels comfortable with, uh, and I I think that that just causes that causes trouble, and it's very difficult to come back from if you decide okay now I have to be strong. Although I'm not, I don't mean to indicate that I've seen any indication that that's his attitude. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what this – I don't see how he could even be a plausible candidate for governor at this point. I know. I'm glad uh, you mentioned and-
0: that because that's still floating out there. And what I was going to ask you is – I was talking – I think he's entered Chafee territory, and someone said he's, he's below Chafee territory. Justin, you and I are on social media quite a bit. It's part of our occupation. But I don't see anyone defend him. I don't – recall. do you remember – when was the last time someone was this unpopular? If you did a statewide poll – I'm telling you, I think he's in the single digits at this point. And if there are people that support him in Providence, it's Senator Tierra Mack and, and some other activists. But I Can you recall when was the last time there was someone that was this this unpopular?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I, in fact, I, I almost wonder it's 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 even it's even bigger than unpopular. I, I think a lot of Rhode Islanders just wouldn't have any idea who he was, uh, so I, I, I suspect in that changed. poll. I think yeah, changed. I think I think it's changed for the worse. But I think you'd have a, yeah. a large number saying I don't know, and then a very but a very 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 small number saying I support the mayor. Whereas I think in the past, I mean people don't pay as much attention as we do, and. and which is probably too much attention and they probably don't pay enough attention for what they should. But I, th- I think in the past you'd often get a lot of people who didn't know would give the benefit of the doubt to the person they didn't know. I think what he's starting to do is to let people know, yeah, that this is a, a bad time. Let's, let's move on from this. So I, I think at a state level, he's, he's got no, no case to be made there's and there's nobody as you say i mean tiara mack coming out and saying elected officials should take vacations i mean that's the only oh, defense of the that i've seen and if, if it's your it's if it's one of the most radical people in state government right now coming to your defense for taking yeah. a vacation while your city burns down you're something's not right there and I, I think even people who don't pay much attention will pick up on that
0: years ago brown university with Darrell west they used to poll uh CNC was the mayor at the time, but they used to poll both Providence residents of the popularity and then statewide. And consistently, his statewide popularity was actually higher than his Providence popularity, where he was having problems. Before we take a break, Justin Katz, how do you think Governor McKee is coming out in navigating the waters right now with, uh, with Mayor Aloysio?
1: Well, I think that's one area of his where he's having the greatest strength. I mean, as, yeah. as, as I know you picked up on, on social media, he was out in Providence and yep. uh, being seen and saying, this is safe. We want to protect you. He, he feels like he's, as I said earlier, engaged 24 uh, seven. feels like the Rhode Island governor who actually cares about what's going on in the state. So I, I think he's in some ways Alorza Lorza is, is acting as a very good foil for McKee yeah. and to yeah. the extent he can to the extent McKee essentially against Ilorza, that'll help him with Magaziner and Gorbea as well because they're they're kind of out of the picture I mean they they can glom in on some some green new deal type legislation and go to the press conference in Newport or whatever but when it comes to being out and about in the city during a time of violence I mean you can't really you can't really compete with the governor as the treasurer or the secretary of state so I think and for McKee, he, he'll, he should want to, as long as the wants to keep this, you know, ping pong match going, he should be, he should be up for it.
0: Folks, another quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. J Perry Paving always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry perry paving 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving residential paving seal coating patios and general masonry projects j perry paving they offer free estimates call them today at 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook it's j perry paving get your driveway paved and if you're a veteran no one has a better package for veterans than J. Perry Paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed. J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today 401 732 1730. J. Perry Paving, licensed insured contracting company. They will meet your needs, no matter how big or how small. And no one treats veterans better than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me, Justin Katz, Managing Editor at AnchorRising.com. Justin, last week, Lindsey Graham, uh, Senator Graham announced, by the way, who's very Very, very friendly with Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. Very friendly. Um, He uh, put out that he had tested positive for COVID. And Kate Coyne McCoy, longtime activist, uh, liberal, progressive beyond belief. She ran Murth York's campaign for governor. One of them Uh, could have been the 2002 campaign. But anyhow, she put out asking for a friend. Hope he dies. She has not. What do you make of the situation? And what does it say? if the Republican Party of Rhode Island can't get her to resign. She's a consultant to the party. Um, they're trying to just say, oh, you know, she made a mistake. And this whole foolishness of it's our personal account. But she is, you know, as I and other people, she tweeted out things like that before of this hoping people die. What do you make of the Kate Coyne-McCoy story?
1: Well, I, the one thing... One thing I've been watching with her and internal Democrat communications, and you know, it's particularly fundraising, uh, they really are working to, or it seems like they really are working to solidify uh, their machine, uh, which in, in Rhode Island is kind of, well, you know, I don't know if you need to do that so much. It's kind of it's kind of helpful in some level to have a an opposition that can't do anything. And so, if they completely route Republicans, uh, that that's not necessarily going to be help, helpful in the long term. Although, for the, so for the establishment, though, I think that makes sense. So she she, as you say, is is very progressive. One of the things that's been interesting here is some of the some of the strongest calls to to have her removed are coming from progressive Democrats. Yes. Who, I mean, you you know it's you know there's something afoot when Senator Sam Bell, who's who's as far left as you can get, starts calling a calling a Democrat chairperson or a Democrat a consultant uh, too conservative, especially a progressive like McCoy. McCoy. So, the, um, I think what might be going on is the she really is solidifying the Democrats' establishment machine, uh, which so the so the players. The powerful inside players of the Democrat Party aren't going to want to let her go, uh, but that is a threat to upstarts and people who eat, who are even more radical, like the the local progressives, um, Sam Bell, you know, the League of Women Voters. Uh, those folks. They kind of wouldn't mind if the party weren't quite so well established, because then they've got more maneuverability inside there. So I think it it speaks to the continuing power of the Democrat establishment. And if the, as you say, if the, if the Republicans, as an opposition party, can't, especially joined with progressives, can't force her resignation that's that's not a good sign I, and but at, at this point and this is a difference you and i have periodically is i, I don't know how much i'm willing to blame them uh, versus just the situation in rhode island where th- that establishment is just so so powerful that they're it's they can hold on to to what they want and if McCoin is producing for them and getting their their mailing lists and all that in such good order that they'll never lose anything then um i don't know it's going to take the people rising up, uh, right. rather right? And I want to be
0: clear: I'm not blaming them. I'm saying, as a party, the chairwoman, Susie, Enke, if you, if you are going to call for someone to step down, like you, you have to have it. You got to be able to take them down if you're going to call for that. So now, but what I think is a larger part is what's going on behind the scenes is you have the female Kate Coyne McCoy, progressive Democrat strategist. So I think what is I think what's at play is behind the scenes you have speaker joe Sakachi male governor mckee male dominic regirio male and then you have the congressional people so mccoy Kate coy mccoy could flip it too so these white men white males they want me to step down that's what i think is really at the heart of this i think that they are fearful of her that she could flip it i think they they would like her to step down but this is part of the problem when the general politics takes over to me is is because then when push comes to shove and you have something this egregious and, she, and he's Graham's really friendly with White House and the Senate is a club. And but I think this is one of the problems. And that's why, you know, some of these the progressive women caucus calling for her to step down. Black Lives Matter pack called for her to step down. I think they'd like her to step down, but I nobody wants their fingerprints on 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 that one that's that's my take on it but as far as the party i'm just saying if you if you're going to call for her to step down then you really need to make sure that that she does um now justin katz school is going to be approaching end of the month and already you're starting to see some of these battles and protests well not battles but uh parents starting to speak out and they, there was a demonstration over the weekend there are more coming of these parents that want to have a no mask for kids going back into school now the variant is getting worse um, very dramatic over the weekend with uh, Randy Weingarten AFT saying she thinks she, she could see a situation where it'd be mandatory for public school teachers in her union to get the vaccine. But what is your take and thought on parents demanding no masks in the school when the kids return? Well,
1: I, I think it's it's completely correct, <laughs> and uh, and I wish there were more of it. I, I uh, Every time I see one of these unmask our children signs around, I, I Hope it, it multiplies because there's no, there's no use to the masks, especially what what they're making kids wear are these cloth masks, which are not going to stop anything but larger droplets of you know spit spit or cough. So I could see the thing that strikes me is it seems backwards. What you you start with. A limit on some kind of interaction, some kind of behavior. We're not going to. You're not allowed to have pig piles in the playground you know, when you're playing. You know that that kind of thing. Those sorts of restrictions. The mask is almost like that last minute act of desperation. And at this point, it's it's really just almost a uniform. It's for show, and it. So you you throw that in there, and I I I really don't. There's just no justification. And at the same time, we we parents know and social science confirms it's important especially for younger kids to be able to see faces uh apart from being able to hear just being able to see teachers lips are moving when they pronounce words all of those things are really crucial and also the socialization of seeing uh, reading other people's faces is very important so it's it's just weird thing where they're they seem to be taking away something very critical with almost no benefit and again with with kids who who've Still are not largely affected by uh, by the by the virus. By the
0: virus and you know, or the virus yeah. for that matter. Now yeah. before we finish, Justin Katz also finally, NEA Rhode Island Bob Walsh, what is your thought we learned last week? and Nicole Solis, who's just become a breakout star, she's very engaged. she's very active. she's you know good on social media. she's getting but and not shy in any way but they're actually now suing her. What is your thought on that?
1: Well, I, I my first thought and I know Bill Jacobson who's actually a lawyer uh, on illegal insurrection. Uh, he he suggested and I agree this smells like a, a political or a legal maneuver because they didn't just sue her. They sued the school committee, which doesn't want to release the information either. Uh, So um, they're, they're maneuvering something here. And I think there, there are two lessons I am taking from this because they don't, they they know they're not going to back down Nicole Solis, especially now she's got, I think it's a Goldwater Institute. She's got national legal help from a national conservative uh, movement. Um, But first there's something in this critical race theory Uh, push that is really crucial to the progressive movement and where they want to go. So that's the first lesson. They are really trying to protect this thing. And I think one of the reasons they would do something like sue a parent over over a transparency issue is not to affect her but to send a message to other parents who who might be just starting to wake up to it in their towns and they they might be interested in it, they might oppose the critical race theory stuff but they don't they don't want to get involved to the level of being sued uh, by the local union so i think it's a largely a, a message to the extent it's not a Trick with the school committee—it's a message to parents elsewhere. I do wonder, though, if they're starting to overplay their hand. I mean, I, you've interviewed Ramona Bessner, the teacher out yes. of Providence, so I think you're starting to see people who wouldn't have gotten involved but are starting to say, "This is very unusual. Something's going on here. I'm going to pay more attention." So that's what I'm—I'm I'm hoping they're—they're they're starting to push a little too hard. But it is—I mean, it, it's worth pausing to—to to just state things objectively as they are so the union is in an unprecedented way is suing a parent to stop transparency of documents and that's that's really important to remember they don't have to release anything that is not a public document and so the idea that that they're protecting teachers privacy or anything it's just it's just not even it's just laughable so I don't know. It almost seems like she could start to file a slap suit, which is, uh, you know, when you when you sue yes. members of government who are trying to to intimidate you to yep. thwart your rights. Uh, and so I think we're getting to that territory and they have to know that. So I think I think they're just they're trying to protect critical race theory for some reason. We don't know yet. And they're they're trying to intimidate other parents than Nicole Solas.
0: Folks, he is the managing editor at AnchorRising.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job. As always, stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Thank you, John. You too. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service, they provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding yankee tree service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps tree pruning you know many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down the licensed arborists with yankee tree service they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree emergency service or bucket truck service they'll get up in the bucket call yankee tree service today for a free quote 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com
1: in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey Speech Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members, your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now?
0: I think the people who are running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Blame it all on his ribs or in a blue-blooded snoot His birth was a black-tie fan It's all who you know, that Klaus von Beulow. He just likes to be seen everywhere. He leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife. At Baileys, they like their champagne. Life on Bellevue in a state that is blue. (laughs) You'll never hear Sheldon complain. He likes clothes with lead waspy crowds where for kept the Jews away and B.L.F. cannot stay Well, he's not big on diverse faces Bailey's Beach Club is his always Sheldon likes the clubs with wide faces ah!
1: Do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously it's been four years. You have remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all white, wealthy club, again in this day and age, should these clubs continue to exist?
0: It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today 401 431 2300. Mega Miga Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing? Proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on. On MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 431 2300. 401 431 2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today, MEGA Logistics, 401 431 2300. You're listening to the John DePetro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. And we also have all our links to social media. We have a... Uh, This portion of the John DePetro Show, folks, is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today, now offering weekly trash collection services. Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters, and the Facebook page stands out, purple and yellow. Brothers Disposal. Again, offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate, 401-688-0517, 401 401- 688-0517. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal today. Put a purple dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're doing some spring cleaning, or maybe you want to clean out that basement, the garage, the attic. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster in your driveway, four oh one six eight eight zero five one seven. And remember, now offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate. It's Brothers Disposal, four oh one Six eight eight zero five one seven.